Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are continuing our series on five-point Calvinism, or the five points of Calvinism, or the doctrines of grace, and we are on the P in the TULIP acrostic, the perseverance of the saints. So joining me today, we have a whole crew here in the recording studio that is my classroom today. So uh, first time guests on the podcast, Daytoven Raleigh, welcome to the Basic Bible Podcast. Hey, and thanks for having me, Kevin. It's good to be here. So you're a, you're a fellow worshiper with me at Faith Community Church Stateline Campus, and um, you're also a co-worker just across town at the Janesville campus of Rock County Christian School. You've been teaching here. Mm-hmm. And you're also, now by the time this airs, I'm hoping you'll be a city councilor here in Beloit. <laughs> right now you're just running, um, but with some providence and uh, God's grace, perhaps you'll be a city councilor. <laughs> be the first Absolutely, one. and it's and if he appoints governor, so if I'm elected, it's out of providence. So, so now you're hopefully. thinking about governor. <laughs> and I'd be all for that. I have. <laughs> and then over here, um, technically you've been on this podcast before. Uh, you, you randomly walked into a recording session with Ray and I once um, after we begged you to come in. So Jesse Kanop, you've been, in fact, we were just talking about you this morning as we were doing another <clears throat> Raining and Ray podcast and we were talking about some of your questions about Satan. I don't know why you're thinking about Satan so much. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jesse goes to Faith Community in Janesville. Uh, I know he, he uh, serves on the worship team there and, and various other ministries. In fact, you just graduated from Bible college just really recently, right? Uh, yeah, I just finished my bachelor's from Calvin um, a few weeks ago. And uh, it has been a huge weight off of my shoulders to not be up till two and three in the morning studying every single night yeah and so you're looking at some point to get into full-time christian ministry yes absolutely um whatever god ordains for me and well being on this podcast get your name out there i and i'm expecting you to get several offers tomorrow i'm not surprised um you got you interviewed ray comfort so right this is a big this is big time yeah, that, that really helped Ray's career get yeah. launched. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, welcome to our podcast. So, we're going to be talking about <laughs> perseverance of the saints, the P in TULIP. And uh, so, we're going to define that. And I, I'm using a definition that Jim Boyce and Phil Reichen, and I, and I call them Jim and Phil because, you know, they're, they're good friends of mine, even though uh, Boyce is dead. Um, Are you that old? <laughs> I do remember when he was alive, if that helped. And he only died, what, the 1990s, I think? Maybe 2000? No, nah, maybe 2000. I don't know. When's the, when's the copyright on this book? This is his last book, The Doctrines of Grace. I've already got us on the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, 2002. So I think he did make it to the century. Anyway, um, Jim Boyce from the, uh, what was that radio show? Yeah, the Bible Hour. Bible Study Hour. Yeah, the Bible Study Hour. Yeah. So, um, and Phil Reichen's done it at, at Wheaton. Um, Okay, so, it is the truth that those who have been brought to faith in Jesus Christ, having been foreknown and predestined to faith by God from eternity past, 
having been called, regenerated, and justified in this life, and having been so set on the road to ultimate glorification that this culminating glorification can be even spoken of in the past tense, that these persons never will and never can be lost. I like that definition because it's all-encompassing. Yeah. And it, it, it's not just... Um, well, we'll get to it later, but it's not just the idea of once saved, always saved. Yes. Yep. It's yep. not merely a fire insurance type of thing. Right. I pray my prayer, and I'm all set. Yeah. Um, but it really... It, 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 if the rest of these points are true, that we've been talking about, then it has to, therefore, lead to these people who have been elected by God before the foundation of the earth, not based upon any merit or foreseen faith. Um, if God knew them to be saved and destined them to be, then there's no possible way they will be otherwise. Yeah, and and just going with the, the name, perseverance of the yeah. saints. So when we are saved by this grace called by God, chosen by God, there's a, a, per, a perseverance because we're still fallen yeah. creatures. And so we must keep in step with that calling. You yeah. know? And, and we've talked about this before, just how once saved, always saved as a kind of a label yeah. can be so uh, mischaracterizing right. of the doctrine. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, in sh shorthand, it's repentance, keeping with repentance. So yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're saved, you are a new creation, and then you're keeping in, in step with this message. Yeah. You're keeping in step with this righteousness. And so I, I love, I love looking at it, not from the once saved, always saved, he's going to, you know, yes. Philippians, uh, the work that he began in you, he's going to yeah. carry that out. Yep. But how does that look like day to day, right. moment by moment? It's, I used to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm drawing near to God. Or I, yeah. I sinned and I'm turning and I'm, again, casting off that sin and that weight that easily entangles me. And I'm persevering. So it looks like a life characterized by repentance. Yeah ultimately is the one who perseveres right so there's an action going on it's not just i'm i i prayed a prayer i'm all set waiting for jesus to come back right yeah so there's action moving uh, and i like that that contrast um Beethoven of between those who are in him and of him the, those who are saved or persevered and we see that contrast though against those who are not um like in psalms 31 and Psalms 37 in, in my, my note, uh, it actually says he will not forsake his saints um, and they are preserved forever, whereas those who are against him, the children of the wicked, he will cut them off. And if we're talking about, and I, I like that you brought up that it's a continuation of repentance and sanctification yeah. because if God is preserving his children, his elect children, He's not just physically, you know, we all we always go to that mantra of like it's that physical protection. In this case, he's preserving the continuation of their actions and honor him too. Um, not just their physical bodies, but the things they do to glorify him. Right. So I really like that contrast there. Yeah, it was Luther, I think in the 95 Thesis, the first one of the 95 Thesis was 
the the Christian life is one of continual repentance. Yeah. Um, which is good to bring up because we're talking about persevering. We're not talking about perfection. Right. We're never going to be perfect this this side of heaven, but God is is bringing about that that process of sanctification where He's changing us from the inside out. Um, but that is that work of perseverance. I'm I'm continuing on along that pathway. And I'm going to discover, and I, I think we can all three agree that as we grow closer to Christ, um, we're like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, where when presented with the throne before the throne room of God, he says, Woe is me, as he's been the past couple of chapters, woe is, and he's talking about all these different countries and uh, nations who've turned their backs <clears throat> against God. He's condemning them, but he condemns himself when he gets closer to Christ as he continues to see the sin in his life, the things that he wants and from a personal perspective, as I get closer to Christ, I don't find myself getting better. It seems like I'm getting worse because the sin that didn't offend me before now does. Yeah. Right. When I when I contrast that with the holiness <clears throat> of God and I contrast that with his beauty and his perfection, it's like, oh man, what, uh, you know, Paul says, what what wretched, uh, this wretched body of death. Yeah. Um, but then he says in the very next verse, that's, you know, chapter seven, then chapter eight, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. because of God's grace and because he's, he's working on that. I see that all, all the more yeah. clearly. Yeah, that's that's good. I think we've all kind of experienced that through the years, knowing knowing God. I went through a stage uh, maybe a year, or two after, a year or two after I got saved where I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't be watching these rated R movies. Yeah. You know? I threw them all away. It's like, I, I don't even want to give them away. Yeah. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want anyone else. Right. And, and, it, and just, maybe that seems like a light thing, you know. But it was, at the moment, that was a big step. Yeah. Just being a baby Christian and uh, reading the word and growing in understanding and growing in wisdom. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't fill my mind with that garbage. And Yeah, right. But then it obviously looks different, you know, as a parent or yeah. someone who has other responsibilities. Um, but just how that perseverance and repentance works, uh, we kind I think, you know, at least for me, my, my early view was, okay, I'm saved now. I'm on easy street. Yeah. yeah, God's got me. Like all these promises are for me. Like I'm invincible. I just got to get to heaven. right? Right. He's got this, but it's like, no, you know, the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And he's saying this to, to believers. Right. Yeah. You know? And so it's just like, hey, it was kind for God to, you know, bring about a circumstance where I would lose my job. Yeah. To cause me to perseverance in depending on him. Right. In ways that I hadn't before. It was kind, you know, for this thing to happen or for this eviction notice so that I could know him as my savior. Yeah. Even more so. And just to to see him, Christ as supreme. Yeah. Um, I also see that as his work of persevering the saints. Yeah. His, you know, it looks harsh and it looks awful. Like, oh, if God was so good, then I had a good thing going. Why would he disrupt that? But it's like, he's, he's concerned with bearing fruit. Yeah. yeah. Causing us to bear fruit. And we know that every tree that does not bear fruit is going to be cut off. And, right. And that's going with that perseverance. That yeah. yeah. Just a short sidetrack. You, you talked about getting rid of movies and 
that intent intensifies when, you, when you're a parent. I was, I, uh, it was a couple of years ago now, but I remember I was going through my DVD collection and um, my son was looking at it. He said, Dad, can we watch this? And I said, oh no, you, you can't watch that. Now, we, you know, we had adopted our kids. I think he was relatively, I think it was relatively shortly after that. He's like, oh, it's got some like nasty stuff on it. So you don't want me to see it. Nasty? What do you think I am? What do you think I watch? But then it dawned on <laughs> me like, well, why wouldn't I let him watch if? Yeah. Why would it be okay for me to watch it but not him? What am I? Right. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't be. If I can't show it to him, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm ashamed of someone walking in on mm-hmm. this, why? Yeah. Why am I watching it? But all right, let's get to some That's scriptures good. here. Um, and so, <clears throat> I, I think for me. Romans 8 is the first passage I think of I want to think about this idea of persevering or, or just this idea that there's more to my salvation than merely a choice that I make. So verse 29, we've talked about before, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we had this idea that God has predestined people. We have the idea yep. of election. Um, and those, who, those whom he predestined, he called. So we have a, a, a calling, a, a gospel call, a presentation of the gospel. And those who were called were justified. And everyone who's justified is going to be glorified. So to me, I think it's Sproul who called this the golden chain of redemption or, or salvation. Um, those who were glorified were justified. Those who were justified were called. Those who were called were predestined. There, there's not a break in that. Um, and then he goes on to say, based on that, what then, you know, based on what we just read, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge to God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of, of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any, any else, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have this idea, okay, it's God who justifies. Yep. But he also says it's God who intercedes for us. And so therefore, in verse 37... We are conquerors mm-hmm. through him. So we have both sides of, of, of the equation. It's, it's God who is working in us, both the will and the do. It's God who's going to bring about our sanctification. But on the other hand, we're not passive in this. We're active. We are more than conquerors. A conqueror is the idea of someone who is conquering, getting victory over sin, getting victory over things, and, and constantly growing and moving in the right direction. Quite honestly, I think verse 39 um, is kind of like something we can just drop the mic on and say yeah. that the podcast episode is over. I mean, 
It says nothing will literally nothing, and it's there's uh, some parallelisms throughout that, um, showing again the contrast. Paul was very uh, very commonly used those those like antithetical parallelisms, those contrasts of good versus evil and light versus darkness, and he kind of drops it at the end and says none of these things from the darkness can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think it's super powerful there because the love of God that he's referencing is that eternal salvation, that grace, that yeah. mercy that he bestows on his children. It's, it is God who regenerates the heart, and that's what that's referencing to. Yeah. And so there's kind of a logic question there. Why would a God who we see throughout all of Scripture who is constantly referencing eternity yeah. change that game plan, change the mm -hmm. mold and go against that? For this one area, he talks about eternal paradise with him as a reward for following him and beseeching him, and for you know, for as as that reward for his mercy. Um, those who are apart from him eternally um, are under the full weight of his wrath for eternity. Why suddenly then would we break that that ideology of eternity? when it comes to whether or not we can lose salvation or not. Yeah. It doesn't follow a logical path to me there. Right. And I, I think that ending of verse 39 kind of puts the, the cherry on the Sunday with that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think sometimes when we have the, when we talk about Tulip, um, you know, we don't know who the elect are. Mm -hmm. And that's important for us to remember, you know, that it's, you know, it's not our job to necessarily figure out who the elect yeah. are, but... Yeah. We know that the elect will persevere. Right. Yeah. We know there are signs. Okay. So, like when you yep. go to, uh, we just read thirty, uh, chapter uh, eight, verse thirty-eight, where he says, "I am sure that neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come." Uh, bef before that, he says, um, "Shall tribulation or distress?" Mm. These are Things that happen, right? We just yeah. got through a pandemic. Tribulation and distress. Yeah. Joblessness, schools closing, people who's, who were sending their ki you know, kids to get breakfast and lunch uh, free at the school. They no longer had that option. And he is tangible, tangibly bringing us through distress, yeah. tribulation, for some people, famine, uh, nakedness, persecution and these these are these are there's nothing that can separate us from that love and, and he's Amen. not shield, he's yeah. not taking those he's not removing those situations either he's bringing us through them persecution right. the spiritual warfare that we can't see sometimes yeah angels and demons uh, and he's bringing his elect through that and it's just these are the moment by moment situation by situation tangible uh, moments where we're saying, yes, my allegiance is Christ. Yeah, yeah. And I'm hanging on through this. And he's uh, equipping us to walk through the famine, the danger, the nakedness, right. the sword. You know, and... Uh, mm. and so, so being conquerors means there's something to conquer. There's something to yeah. conquer. Oh, yeah. It's not just that his... It's because his love is so strong, we will... You know, get to the finish line, and you know the author of Hebrews says, you know, uh, 
don't be like them who harden their heart. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. they were so close. They almost made it. Yeah. And then they all died off in the wilderness. You yeah. know, they, they, they let, they let go. They abandoned, they lost faith. Yeah. But, but we persevere. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate those comments from Barnabas. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that in there. Okay. Jesse, I mean, I asked about it. We, we just t- tackled that on a previous podcast. Um, okay. Anyway, I, yeah, I'm just gonna I got to listen to that. <laughs> I wasn't on the podcast. No, you, got, you asked a question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I just derailed our whole conversation. But yeah, so uh, God not only brings us through these things, but wants us to go through these things because this is the process of sanctification. And, and, and this world needs to see us go through that. Um, one of the things we really hit hard on this podcast is, is the the uh, the prosperity gospel and mm-hmm. the, the pure heresy and evil that is. This idea that, you know, once you can see it, as long as you have enough faith, um, you'll get through anything. And everything's going to be fine and sunshine and happiness and roses and unicorns and whatever. All your bills are going to be paid and... Um, everyone's going to be nice to you and it's just going to be great because uh, you could just call down the name of Jesus upon anything and yeah, um, which is pure evil because God uses these things in our lives to make us more into his image yeah. um, God wants you to suffer that's why Jesse's been brought into my life exactly um, God wants me to <laughs> suffer through some things Romans 5 it says uh, it's going to build character <laughs> for you man right um Sharing in the sufferings of Christ. But Amen. Yeah, God God wants you to go through these things, and it's these very things he's going to use to sanctify you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes God, just like you know, uh, Paul himself prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be away, but God said, no, you have to realize that in your weakness, you are at your strongest point, um, because that's when you're closer to me. Yeah. And that's when you're going to be changed into my image. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so Romans 8 is, is, is pretty clear. Uh, other passages, as our time is slipping away, um, you know, John chapter 10 talks about... Well, let me turn there real quick. We can, I guess we'll make time for Scripture on the podcast. <laughs> yes. um, I suppose we, we can trouble ourselves. So um, we're not Arminians. We'll use the Bible. Um, <laughs> you listening, Ray? Right? Ray um, getting angry. <laughs> like peeking in the window or something my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me i give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand i and the father are one shut it down it's over that's like (laughs) yeah uh I give them eternal life. So first off, we start with eternal life. Yeah. Eternal life is eternal. It doesn't end. And then it this puts all the 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 work in, in literally in God's hands. No one can snatch this person out. Why? Because I already have a plan for this person's life, and no one is going to be able to stop that. So uh, we talked a little bit about Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Um, and then uh, 1 John 2.19 is just that idea that um, there will be those who turn away from the faith. And, and John here is saying they were really never a part of us. Um, so we don't, 
In fact, uh, Ray and I were just talking about this this morning. Um, there certainly are people who seem who, who can worship in the same pew as us, yeah. seem to follow. And we, I think we can all tell stories of people we know personally of, uh, you know, went to a good church and seem like they're great Christians and they fall away from the faith. Um, and this passage seems to indicate that, you know, just like Judas, <clears throat> we have every, anyone can put on a show. Uh, my own personal testimony, I didn't get saved till later in life. Yep. I was in college, but I was in, I've been in church since literally the womb. Um, and I heard the gospel and I, you know, I, I resisted. Um, uh, but I, but on the outward appearance, I looked great. I mean, I still look great. I'm a good looking guy. You are. Um, but I knew how to play the game. I knew how to, I, I knew how to pray the prayers and sing the songs and I knew the lingo, but I knew there was no genuine relationship with Christ until I remember the night where it was just almost, I don't want to get charismatic. Um, Why almost. Not? Yeah, right. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Because I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of you. Um, no. Uh, but I remember God almost audibly saying, you're done. This game you're playing, it's over. Yeah. Um, and I remember being under severe conviction from the Holy Spirit, which I had never felt before. Uh, almost like a, you know, a Paul on the road to Damascus type of, no, you're done. You're, you're, you got to stop playing this game. You're going to get this right with me right now. You're going to repent. You're going to believe the gospel. It's time for real. Um, and since then, I've been, per no, um, not perfect, but, you know, we all have our pitfalls, we all have our times of, of, of backsliding, mm -hmm. but I can point to a clear moment where God said, no, you're my child, and you're going to start acting like it right now. Um, and so I, 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 I believe there was a point where I was not saved, but it looked to every other person as if I was. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Okay, so dangers to avoid. Um, we talked about the idea of fire insurance or once saved, always saved. And I, and I, and I want to make sure we get that distinction because I believe that theology is deadly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I won't mention a name here, but I know someone very close to me um, who is who, now passed on. I don't know what his eternal state was, but I knew he, he, he was witnessed to by a pastor who preached basically what we call a, a an easy believism or a non-lordship message. Basically, just pray this prayer and you're good. Yeah. And when I would witness to him after that, I mean, he lived like the devil. He said, no, no, I'm good. I, I prayed that prayer. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. <clears throat> Salvation is not a prayer. I mean, this da that danger falls even on, you know, us as we love Calvin and we love Piper and we love... You know, Ray Comfort, yeah, <laughs> whoever it may be, uh, we saw that. I don't. I'm not going to judge the salvation of another person, but we did see falling away of Joshua yeah. Harris, yeah, who yeah. I learned tulip and systematic theology from. Right, dug down yeah. deep. What a great book! Yeah, for, uh, I mean, it's, it's literally right over there, on my bookshelf. It's a great book for someone right. who's never picked up Grudem or yeah, once who's you know, okay, what 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 is what is the faith? What is sanctification? What is the flesh? And someone who understands the nuances deeply yeah. in the Reformed tradition, right? yet has this huge falling away. And I think that that can be the danger that we have. Yeah. 
I mean, we bash Armenians, and you know, I, I was a staunch Armenian. This is mm-hmm. how I grew up. But I w- I'd rather live like an Armenian. God forgive me. <laughs> yeah. You take my sin seriously, you know, yep. than to feel so confident in my theology that I'm, and I'm touting perseverance of the saints. I'm just oblivious to yeah. Yeah, the way I am towards others and towards God, and and uh, and I think that that's a warning for us too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a, a really strong parallel in Hebrews 6 um, to exactly that, where it references, um, where, where Timothy through Paul references, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking, uh, where it references those who were there, they were witness to these things, they tasted um, the Holy Spirit, you know, and the gifts therein of the Spirit, but they did fall away and I think that's a really good example to use in that because these were people who were learning from the apostles who were taught by God himself Mm -hmm. Um, and even those who were that close to the source of all light in existence fell away yeah Um, yeah I think that's why in 2nd Peter who I believe is written by Peter um, (laughs) (laughs) tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling or or to Make your sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm Make your calling an election. Making your calling an election sure. Right. Um, Although both ideas, which is a way better, late, you know, something to follow on is fire insurance. Than yeah. Once they yeah. always say, hey, just make your calling an election sure. Right. No biggie. Yeah. Then, then you're good. If right. you just make it sure. Right. Then you're good. <laughs> or in my tradition, you need to rededicate your life to Christ a thousand times. You go to summer camp, and that's what you do. Right. You you walk down the the aisle during the altar call and uh our, our joke at our school was you know one year half the youth group gets saved the other half rededicates their life to christ mm-hmm. and then the next year they switch the two groups mm-hmm. um they get really <clears throat> saved this guy and then the other group gets yeah and, and that's just no way to live um and this i think this this gives us confidence yeah, yeah. if i believe that my salvation is more than just a mere decision i'm making right. Yeah. But this began the foundation before the foundation of the world. God had a plan for my life, and I always tell people, you know, if you're wondering, how do I know if I'm elect or not? The very fact that you're wondering about mm-hmm. it yep. to me is evidence of something there. Because Satan is not trying to convince you that you're saved. Right. Satan is not whispering in your ear to serve the Lord. Um, so if you have that desire, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't, as long as right. if you're living a life. That you are you are trying to follow after the Lord, you're trying to serve Him, and you're seeing, you know what? If you if you're heartbroken over your sin, yeah. repent, you know, confess it. But the very fact that you're concerned about it, I think, is evidence of your election. Yeah. And so, the the solution here is keep going on for the Lord, keep moving, right. repent, right. repent, repent, confess, right. confess, <clears throat> confess, and praise the Lord for His forgiveness, His mercy, and His grace. Mm-hmm. And and that that's absolutely that's Amen. the Christian life. Amen. So the the biggest the biggest evidence of somebody who truly is saved is if they feel conviction, like yeah. that true conviction, right. because that comes from the Holy Spirit, and Scripture tells us that God gives the Spirit right. on His elect. Yeah. And as we disciple, you know, others, and others come to us with these questions, who may have picked up on some of these cliches. Yeah. You know, yeah. the altar call. Right. Once saved, always saved. We just need to have. A better biblical we just need to be able to better communicate uh, biblical theology yeah mm-hmm. in regards to election in regards to repentance right so it's like instead of ah, well yeah I rededicated my life last summer 
we might say, well, did you actually cut sin out of your life? Jesus said, it's better to enter the kingdom without an eye, without a hand. Yeah, right. You know, yep. then your whole body be thrown in hell. So what did it look like for you to cut sin out of your life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you get rid of your iPad that was tripping you up? Did you cut off a toxic relationship that was tripping yeah. you up? Yeah. You know, did you get accountability? Yeah. And I just feel like we'll be doing so much better as uh, within our communities to to uh, speak just biblical language. Yeah. And kind of, and get rid of some of this some of this uh, these cliches that we've kind of all inherited. Right. You know. Yeah, you got to be willing to take those steps. Yeah. I, you know, the biggest. I have kids come to me all the time as a Bible teacher, you know, asking for advice. And the number one issue I deal with is pornography. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell them, all right, you, want, you know, if you want to get victory over that, that's great. But it's not going to be comfortable. And you're going to have to do some things that you're not going to want to do. And maybe, maybe part of that is getting rid of the phone. Or, you know, I, I told them, you know, if you keep your phone, just know every counseling session we have, the first thing I'm going to ask you is give me your phone. Give me your password. Give me your phone. And we're going to take a look at this. Um, that's like a death sentence to some teenagers, mm -hmm. and, and and honestly, for me, it would be as well. Uh, but you've got to make those steps because your desire for Christ should be more right. than your desire for porn or desire right. for cheap gratification or whatever, yeah. and that involves some being uncomfortable right. and talking to people about your sin. Um, right. You know, I've got some guys that you know uh, that I'm accountable with, and you know, Ray's listening to this maybe. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> And, you know, he's, he's in the group with me as well that we were able to talk about some of these things. And it means, yeah, I'm going to get uncomfortable. But the end result is better. <clears throat> because, again, my, my ultimate goal is to be like Christ and to be right. closer to Christ and draw closer to, to him. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what perseverance is all about. Mm -hmm. um, just like in, uh, there's, there's several times in the Scripture the, the illustration of the athlete who is striving Toward the goal, the the the, the winner of the race, or, or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and to do that involves some work. So perseverance <clears throat> is not like justification; it's not passive; it's active. Right. So, all right. So uh, we're going to wrap this up as we are already over time. Um, but we always end each podcast talking about recommendations uh, for those who want to dig a little deeper, some books or something. I have a list here, but. Do you guys have something you want to throw out there as a resource? or? Yeah, I brought along with me uh, Five Points Toward a Deeper Experience of God's Grace by John Piper. A uh, little book, only uh, 93 pages, and it's just yeah. jam-packed. Yeah, You don't have to read all of his books, but this little one is the crux right. of... And, you know, he's, he always says, tulip is life. So the fact yeah. that he wrote a little book on it... <laughs> for John Piper to write anything little <laughs> I just, just got his book on Providence that's like 700 pages um, <laughs> and only 18 sentences long because yeah. of the, the size <laughs> of his grammar nice um, suggestion I would have Dean and Sarah's uh, The Unsaved Christian hmm. um, that was so. I'm a bit of an apologetics and discipleship guy in, in my studies and even after, like, before reading that, I thought I had a good grasp on it, but that one just convicted me hard. Um, so th that would be a really good one to take a look at for uh, this kind of, this discussion we're talking about, too. All right, I'm going to recommend, uh, you know, I have been recommending the five-point book by Calvin 
by Calvin, by Piper. Wow. <laughs> um, then the Five Points of Calvinism by Edwin Palmer. Again, a little, just a little book. It's mostly scripture, uh, but he's got some good explanation along the way. Um, it's not a fun read, um, but it's it's good. It's got some discussion questions at the end. It's got some uh, other material there. And then I referenced uh, the Doctrines of Grace: Rediscovering the Evangelical Gospel by Boyce and Riken. I think is good. I think it's the last book that Boyce wrote. In fact, he didn't finish it, so I Riken jumped in. Um, that's good. And then um, I forgot. I didn't print off the right copy of these show notes because there was another book I wanted to recommend by Tom Schreiner. Uh, about winning the race. We didn't get into, uh, Jesse kind of touched upon it in Hebrews 6, but the warning passages in Hebrews, uh, how do we explain those? I think uh, Tom Schreiner's got a really good, Tom, because he's, you know, he's my friend. Um, I have met him. I have a picture with him. But, okay. Um, he wrote a really good book on this topic. Um, it's readable, and uh, it kind of helps you parse out some of those. All right, well... This wraps up our five points, but doesn't wrap up our series on the five points of Calvinism. Next week, you're going to hear an interview where the tables have been turned, where I am the one being interviewed um, by some of my students, ironically, uh, who have their own podcast, and they invited me on to talk about this topic. And so uh, we're going to air that next week. And the week after, uh, we've got a, a panel discussion I conducted right here in this room with several different pastors, uh, all of different views on this on this view, on this uh, topic of Calvinism, an Arminian and a Lutheran, and uh, some Calvinists in there. That that's going to be interesting. And then I turn it over to Ray, and Ray's going to give. He's I've only given him one episode, but I've given him chance for a rebuttal. Okay. And then after that, Ray and I are going at it. Mono mono, we're fighting this thing out. We're debating this, and uh, actually, I've already recorded that episode, and uh, I think I did pretty well. Anyway, um, not to toot my own horn, but I will, because I'm great. Um, <laughs> as a Calvinist, I'm supposed to be pretty egotistical, anyway, from what I'm told. Oh, we are. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, we still, uh, so we're done with the five points, but we're not done with this series, so stick around. It's going to be good. You want to... You wanna, Stick around till the end. You want to persevere through this series mm. to get to the end. So we've got four more episodes to go. Um, so thanks for sticking in there already. So don't forget, if you have any comments about this, maybe something Jesse said really ticked you off. Probably. Um, you can drop a comment in our Facebook group, or we're on Twitter at Basic BibleCast, Instagram, same handle. Email us, uh, BasicBiblePodcast at Gmail, or give us a call. Uh, leave us a voicemail, 262-427-1473, 262-427-1473, and you can say whatever you want there. Maybe we'll play it on the air. The air. This is not the air. This is the internet. Technically. The internet. Um, yes. But anyway, I'm <laughs> old. So, until next time, have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.